Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Hey, property magicians, welcome to episode 113. How are you guys doing? In today's episode, we are interviewing a quantity surveyor. But before we even jump into how incredible this episode is, let me introduce myself. My name is Vangile Makwakwa. I am the host of the show. I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. I'm also the founder of Wealthy Money, and you can find me under Wealthy Money on Facebook. Find me on Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn under Vangile Makwakwa. With me is my incredible co-host. Hi there, Vangile. Good to see you. <laughs> I am so glad you're home. Um, yeah. We are recording on a very cold Thursday evening. I'm cold anyway in Johannesburg. And it's only yeah, March. Yeah, it's cold I, in Bumalanga too. It is. It's raining. So I am Dr. Miranda at PropDoc Mum. So I am a property mentor for beginner property investors. I am the co-host of Property Magicians podcast. And I'm the co-founder of Wealthy Ones Property Stockfell, an incredible way that um, gives you an opportunity to invest as a collective with other people in properties mm. and get and fetch yourself a good interest. That is the beginning yeah. of our property stockfell journey. But yeah. we are on deal four, and deal four is closing on the 18th yeah. of March which is tomorrow, if you are listening to this podcast uh, um, later on, it closes on the 18th of March. We are doing, we are repeating deal three in deal four, where we are giving the same developer some money for a little while, for 12 months at 17% interest. Mm -hmm. So if you are so keen to join this property, Stockfell, please go to Stockfeller app. Stockfeller, you're going to find it in the Play Store. And in the, what is it? Apple Play Store, Apple App Store, the iStore, where you <laughs> download an app, Stockfeller, and go and find Wealthy Ones Property Stockfell. We are doing great. Mm. We have raised over, oh my God, it's over 2 million by now, right? And, yeah, um, it's over 2 the million. In August 2021. So yeah. let's get into it. We launched it at the end Are of we August, doing actually. The podcast, Vanille, do you want to tell them anything else about the stock shell? No, I think you've covered it. Oh, how do they join Mizo? Uh, so if you guys are interested in joining, as Mizo said, you go on Stockfella download, uh, go download the Stockfella app. And if you are not based in Namibia, Lesotho, South Africa, and Swaziland then please, please check out the, uh, please check out the webpage wealthy-money.com forward slash Stockfell. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash Stockfell. Stockfell is S-T-O-K 
V-E-L. And you guys can find out how to join us if you're in different countries. But without further ado, let us tell you guys about this incredible, incredible podcast. Today's podcast is really awesome. We have a quantity surveyor by the name of um, Mali Pedi, and she is from Lesotho, but she is based in Johannesburg, I believe. <laughs> and she has come to talk to us about quantity surveying. Now we've had a quantity surveyor on this podcast before, right? And yes, um, quantity surveying is actually a vast field. People go to study it for uh, go to study for years to become quantity surveyors. So in today's podcast, it's like a brand new element of quantity surveying. It is incredible. You may want to get your notebook out and get a pen and paper just to take notes because we're being educated, but so passionately, definitely, definitely an incredible episode. We thoroughly enjoyed it. So without further ado, let's move on to Maliperi. Welcome, Maliperi. We're very excited to have you on the show. <laughs> Dr. Miranda, I'm very excited to be part of the show. It is such an amazing podcast and yeah, I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> I hope I can Guys. share <laughs> some of the nuggets that I have. I'm sure. I'm sure. We are just laughing uh, just for our listeners' sake that we, we've had a whole good 10 minutes, guys fighting with the light, fighting with the jacket she's wearing, not wearing, and I'm putting on lipstick, but you know how it is. There are ladies in this lounge today. So welcome, Malipedi. <laughs> and, yeah. and thank you for saying yes, just like that, um, Malipedi. Mm. Mm. I had to. I had to. I mean, after hearing um, all about your podcast, and I was like, this is the right space and the right platform for me to actually yeah. be exposed to and to also uh, be a part of this great movement, contribute as little as I can. Mm, thank you yeah. so much. So good. tell us about yourself. What do you do? How do you define um, yourself as a soul? Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm a free spiritist. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Malipedi Malatadiana. I was born and raised in Lesotho. I came to South Africa in 2012 when I came to study at the University of Pretoria. Um, okay. That was where I was studying my quantity survey in BSc degree. I did that for three years and then from there I did my honors, which is, I mean, the next step for you to be, in order for you to end up being a qualified and a professional quantity surveyor so I did my honors and then um, after that I got a job and so with the quantity surveying what you have to do is um, you have to be under incubation for at least a period of five years in order for you to come out and call yourself a professional quantity surveyor and actually use the title PRQAs. Right now, I'm still yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll get into explaining how that works. Right now, I am still a candidate quantity surveyor because I haven't okay. registered yet as the professional quantity surveyor. 
Awesome. Oh, wow. Awesome. That is so interesting. Awesome. <laughs> and also, I started doing my MBA in 2018 online yeah. with the University of South Wales. And yeah. it was a very challenging um, trying to manage school and work and life in general. So I took mm -hmm. a bit longer than I was supposed to, <laughs> but I completed my dissertation last year. And good news is today I got my, yesterday I got my results and yes, I'm a graduate now. <laughs> wow, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. Thank you, thank you so much. And I also have a financial literacy interest because I understand that our people and including myself, I wasn't raised with the knowledge of how finances work on each and every day, like our daily basis. I mean, we see even um, people, young professionals like us who earn good money, but they, like they, they always have more months than money during yeah. the month. So I yeah. started being very interested in finances because I was seeing flames with the money that I was getting. And I mean, I'm a single lady. I don't have kids, but I don't have money. So what's going on? <laughs> and yeah. So I started yeah. being very interested in um, financial literacy, financial management, went to YouTube, found people, including finding um, Vangelis channel on, on uh, okay. A's because I was very, very interested to say, you know what, I need to fill in my ears with people who understand and people who know and like oh, they might not be exactly what I need, but they are something that I need for the future. And I can also take out stuff right now and use the nuggets that I can use today to become a better financial adult. <laughs> so a financial oh. adult, I tell you, because there are many adults, oh. man. You can yes. be a parent adult, mm -hmm. you can be a financial adult, or you can be a wife adult. You know, there are there are different roles in the very thing. very true absolutely yeah <laughs> i also love running so yeah, yeah. i run comrades <laughs> oh, oh wow. you see now uh, that, is, you, that is impressive you're impressive <laughs> you are a super it's achiever anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you are a super achiever Manika, you tell me you are the you are probably the second qs in my lifetime who is female that I'm meeting, mm -hmm. how did you even know that you want to study quantity surveying? Was it something that happened because you knew someone or was it a profession that, that picked you because it was a day? What, how, how did that even happen? Or are you? <laughs> it's yeah. a funny story because I've grown up wanting to be a medical doctor. Oh, but really? Because, oh, wow. <laughs> because I really have the brains for it. But yeah. one time I was in the hospital, um, I think I was maybe at an ER place, I don't know, but there were like really sick people coming in from the um, ambulance. I was panicking. I realized that this is not something that I would actually want to be involved in daily. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and at the time, I had already applied to the University of um, the Free State. And right. my application was actually successful. I yeah. had to, I need to say, you know what, I can't, no, no, no. This is not something that I really want to do. And I also no. feel like I have a fear of blood. I mean, 
how am I panicking when I'm supposed to be helping sure. someone, when I'm supposed to be saving someone's <laughs> life? <laughs> then I realized that this is definitely not my portion. But um, at the time, I went to, after my vacation, <laughs> I went to the university, the National University of Lesotho, because that's okay. where most of us start in order yeah. for you to be able to go to any other university outside of Lesotho, be it mm-hmm. abroad or even here in African continent. Yeah, I went to do that, but while we were still there, um, we had a trip to Botswana. So when we were like just chilling with those people, I don't even remember their names. We were just chilling with the family, friends, and stuff like that. Right. Other gentleman was like, "What is this contractor doing?" So I'm just looking at him funny because I see a stadium going up, being built. Yes. But he's questioning things. And then I'm like, okay, so what are you talking about? I got a little bit interested. He's like, no, yeah. I'm actually quantity surveyor on this project. I'm like, okay, so what is a quantity surveyor? Right. He went into details, told me what a quantity surveyor is and what they do on site, and and and. And I feel like I love building things, even if it's for it's building people, building myself. I'm just yeah. not a builder. You're a builder. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I went back to Lesotho and I told my dad, okay, listen, next year I'm studying quantity surveying. He's like, what? I know. Just like that. I'm like, I also don't know. I'm going to research, but I'm studying that. (laughs) Wow, I love it. I I love love that story. I love that story. Quantity surveying. (laughs) (laughs) And you are staying. You are still loving it. Staying, but with the um, me being now an MBA graduate, I'm looking mm. into other things, the spaces that can actually accommodate quantity surveying and MBA, and yeah. my love for finances and helping people and absolutely, people. yeah, mm. absolutely. Good. What you all don't see for those who are listening to the podcast and are not looking at us on the YouTube, guys, is you've never seen a more glamorous quantity surveyor. And when I met you, <laughs> when you were, I met you, you were in such high heels that I couldn't even walk on. And I thought, hmm, quantity surveying. But what interested me most was why you love doing the work of quantity surveying. Just, just take us through that, uh, Mali Baby, because this is, this is a learning podcast. You know, most people who listen to us They've never touched a brick and mortar. And they're like, why? Why a quantity surveyor? Why did you choose to be a quantity surveyor? Because you've got different reasons. Halilibat. Yes, so basically, if I can just break down what a quantity surveyor is and what a quantity surveyor does. Basically, in layman's term, a quantity surveyor is just a construction accountant. Oh, okay. Basically, that is all you need to take from here. Is to yeah. say, this yeah. is the building that we want to build. How much is it going to cost? So I come in and I tell mm. you how much it's going to cost. Right. I also tell you how much you're going to make per year mm. if this thing works out the same way that we have actually planned. Okay. So that is important. Another important thing is that the quantity surveyor is the link between the... Um, the developer mm-hmm. and the, the contractor. 
Yeah. You're the only person who's supposed to be um, impartial because you can't be with the side of the contractor or you can't be with the side of um, the developer. So basically that's how exactly you are the bridge. Another important thing is that the quantity surveyor is the contract manager. So I'm taking the contract that the client has entered into with uh, the contractor and I'm managing that contract. Mm, wow. That is very, very important because any contract can go AWOL <laughs> and you need somebody who is very, very strong in terms of understanding the contract that the client and the contractor have entered into. And there are so many contracts. I'm not going to go into that, but that no. is very important because you, you as a quantity survey can actually get called to court as um, a witness. Oh, wow. Give us, yes, give us the background of the contract because sometimes there is a little bit of a litigation when things don't go well. So the yeah. contract wow. will have to stand in court and explain the contract that they actually used and explain the clauses that the judge would actually need to stand on when giving out um, the judgment on the contract. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, wow. This, I, I actually think this is one of the most succinct definitions of quantity that we have ever had on this podcast. Isn't it just? <laughs> I like that. You are so right, Vangile. You are so, so right. Because, and there's a way, there's a way uh, another, another person will put it, but mm -hmm. it, it, it just makes it so, so easy. For, for, yes. for, for, for a proper for a property investor so yeah so um mm. i was just gonna quickly run off of that definition Malibedi, and just say can you please tell us because you've just said there are many contracts yes. and i know when we started mizo said that she uh, you stood up at an event and you were saying oh my gosh i want i just i'm a qs and i want to help out people build black rooms and i'm yeah. hearing you and our people don't usually have contracts when we're building no. back rooms no. <laughs> so it's should we start contract. having building con should we start having building contracts and do you get involved in that as a quantity surveyor and why should we because hello yeah. we have been building back rooms for centuries now probably you know without contracts now we're gonna start why tell us <laughs> a contract is all about accountability so yeah. enter into a contract and you said to me you are going to do one two three four five yeah. should you fail to do this i'm holding you accountable and i have the proper documentation that i can hold you accountable for it is not now a matter of like you're building um, this thing that you're going to say is a business that's going to sustain you and sustain your children. So do yeah. it right. Do it properly. Because you yeah. want one thing to invest a lot of money and then somebody builds you something that you are you didn't agree on. So yeah. now it's a wasted, um, it's wasted funds. And you can't even get those funds from them because you have nothing to present to um, a court to the magistrate yeah. survey. So contracts are very, very important. I mean, we can take, for example, uh, my first um, encounter with yeah. a big contract was with Midubi. 
Um, oh, the yeah. ESCOM one. Hmm. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't, I was, a, I was still a student then, but yeah. one of my lecturers was a mediator. Oh, yeah, and, wow. Because now what had happened was ESCOM was not paying the contractors and they had already billed. Now they're fighting, they're wanting their money. And it's a lot of things that are going on with the contract. And now they've already been on site for a longer period than they had intended to be. So it's more money for the contractor to be on site after the anticipated practical completion. So now you must pay here. But how are you going to pay? You're refusing. As a client, you're like, no, I'm not going to pay you that extra money. We're still here doing nothing. No, I wasn't not, I wasn't there doing nothing. I was there with my people. You have to pay me that. You have to pay me my time, my preliminaries. I was there with my equipment. I could be using my equipment somewhere else to be yeah. getting money. But Amen. Exactly. Lots of opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Of, opportunity yeah. cost. Yeah. So now yeah. the QS will come in and say, what contract have you signed? So the basic contract that is actually used in South Africa is called the JBCC. It's okay. very easy to get. You can get it on the JBCC website. You buy it, I think, at the... Now it's going for like 1200 It's 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 a very yeah. simple... It's it, it's not expensive. <laughs> I mean, if you're... Especially if, like you said, you're building something, a business that's going to sustain exactly. your children for generations. So... Uh, just to go back to this, it's a JVCC. What is the JVCC? I've actually never heard of it. Um, yeah. It's a joint a- building contract. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. So it is administered by the JVCC committee. So they're the ones oh, wow. who come up with the clauses. So they write the clauses down. When the clauses change, they go again and sit down and change some clauses and tell everyone else that, listen, we have changed clause two, we have changed yeah. clause three, we have changed yeah. the most important clause sure. is clause five, payment. Okay. <laughs> okay, this is intriguing. That is where everything is. And the other important clause will be clause 30, which is mediation and adjudication. So yeah. how they guide us on how to actually go about mediation how to go about adjudication and if all of those fail then we can take it further to litigation okay. and hold everyone accountable so basically an architect will will do their drawings and then give them to the quantity surveyor the quantity sure. surveyor will then um do a, what we call a bills of quantity of course and mm-hmm. i know a lot of people a lot of our people are like ah we're not about the dinner I really don't count the bricks. I can't go there and be like one, two, three. After studying for four years. No, man. <laughs> I do not count the bricks. But what we do is we were taught how to, I mean, every, every, Quantify. Yeah. Quantify. Mm, so basically, yeah. an architect will give me the drawings, and then from the drawings, I can quantify, including yeah. I can quantify the size of the building, including the specification that he has put there, and okay. then be able to go to Ausweingi and be like, okay, listen, this development that you want to build is actually this much. Okay. If mm. you build it today, but okay. if you don't build it today, I've already included. In this estimate, we call it an estimate, the initial one, we call it an estimate. In this yeah. estimate, I've already included 
um, escalation. 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 So basically, we we would know that, okay, today your building development is going to cost you 20,000 rand, but six months from now, it's going to cost you 26 or 30,000 rand. Oh, are you saying that if because of inflation, if someone exactly. decides to wait, exactly, that is so powerful. It that is, is powerful. Really powerful. So now wow. you you know the amount of money that you're supposed to be heavy right. in mm. order for you to build this building or build right. the bed or build whatever else you want to build. Yeah. Okay. Yes, man. Yeah. So, Johnny, okay. So I love this. I really love this. But tell me, is there a is there a difference between a quantity surveyor for residential and commercial properties? Is it a specialization or does it just happen by fluke that you ended up in, in capital projects that are big, Bokusile, uh, power station, or is it, how does it happen? Okay, sometimes you choose um, the direction that you would want to go for. So sure. we would have, let me just explain where, where you can find quantity surveyors. So okay. we can find quantity surveyors in government departments. They are there. So you would have your chief quantity surveyor. So the chief quantity or the director quantity surveyor in the department, she or he is looking after what government, the project that the government, um, that department is actually doing. Sure. Yes but they're not necessarily doing the job. They are overlooking the professionals that they have brought in. Mm. So let's make an example. So you will have um, government wanting or the Department of Health wanting to build a hospital. Of so course. what they do is they bring in that team. They, they already mm -hmm. have a team, but now they would say, okay, we want Malipedi to be a quantity surveyor. We want Vangile to be an architect, we want um, Dr. Miranda to be a civil structural engineer and so on and so forth. So they give me their, what, what we would call the initial brief. So we go back now as the team that is external and then we prepare everything according to their brief. Then we would go back to them and explain the brief to them to say, listen, this is what we have come up with. The drawings are here. This is what we're thinking. Then they analyze all of that. And then they will tell us, okay, great, go ahead. Now we, from that brief, now we, we prepare the working drawings. We prepare the construction drawings. We prepare now the estimate and the BOQ. That's the only time now we can go out to tender. When you hear people say, get tender, get tender is because there was a team that was involved before, way before um, the contractor can actually be involved. So now the, the department QS actually oversees me as the private QS. Mm. So when I communicate with the department, I communicate with this person because she or he can understand what I'm talking about. So when I, I go to him, and I say, no, the feasibility won't work, the viability won't work. They understand my language. Mm. So they're like, why won't it work? When I tell them, no, increase the preliminaries, they understand what's happening. So the, okay. the government would actually have their own team. So Absolutely. another, another um, place where you can find quantity surveyors is actually in banks. So this is what in, banks. Oh, yes, in banks. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. Let me 
Um, so there's a development that um, a bank is actually sponsoring, let's say, Manipedi yeah. Mall somewhere. Yeah. They are yeah. not going to take the word of uh, Malipedi's quantity surveyor over their oh. own quantity surveyor. Oh. Exactly. So I work under that quantity surveyor to say, okay, this is what I've come up with. Please go and check it. So they would check it and be like, make corrections here, adjust here, do this and do that. They have their own quantity mm. surveyors. And recently, one of my friends told me that because she works in the banking industry, she told me that when you go and ask for a building um, loan or something like that, and then you provide the drawings to say, listen, I want to build this. Can you sponsor me with, um, can you provide a loan for, for me to build this house? The quantity surveyor there then starts doing quantity surveying on your drawings and the bill to determine how much they're supposed to actually give you. Because That's you it. came in and you said you want 1.5 million. Meanwhile, your building is going to cost us 700,000. So why are you yeah. asking for more money? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, this is is so, that's it's so powerful. Amazing. It is powerful. It and is. Yeah. Find, um, a quantity surveyor in a construction company. So what mm. they do is they make sure that they protect the interest of the contractor. So yeah. those ones are the ones that we fight a lot with because they know our loopholes. We know their loopholes. So it's just a, <laughs> it's a battle. It's a war. <laughs> <laughs> we went to the same school, so they know what we are doing as quantity surveyors <laughs> okay. with their guns blazing. So, and then you have a private sector. So in yeah. a private sector, mm. like the that I work for, um, that's where now you would also tend to be a quantity surveyor on a certain project. So let's say Dr. Miranda now wants to build a certain, like, I don't know, developments, maybe residential and things like that then my company would tend to provide you quantity surveying services for that residential or apartment blocks. Okay. And if you oh. stay agree with your fees, then you appoint me and you already appointed an architect, a structural engineer and mechanical, mm. fire people, safety, mm. health safety, all of the team. Then we work together as a team and we just give you the final product basically but you give us money to pay the contractor <laughs> so mm. and obviously you have quantity surveyors in um a lot of facilities um sectors because yeah. we need to know how much is going to take us to maintain this building even after it is built so you oh, have to be a facility manager as a quantity surveyor because they oh, understand the facility okay Okay. Mm. So at shopping malls, shopping malls would, would, uh, would have a facility manager who's a QS. They would yes, know how to a maintain. Construction manager or a QS. A QS. I see. Oh, well, somebody is... went and studied real estate because it's a it's a it's a very it's sort of muddy uh, profession. So you, you can double up in here. You can go in there. You can like mm. everybody can interchange. Yes. So I'm just, um, as you're talking, part of me is wondering, can if someone, because our investors, most times they start, were, were targeting people to turn their houses into multi-lets and into back rooms. Sometimes people don't know anyone in property. So can they get a, a quantity surveyor to help them build their tribe? Can you guys then introduce them to 
other people in the industry. They can come to you and say, hey, I've got this back rooms that I, I want to build back rooms, come see my yard. And then you could basically take them through the whole process the from whole beginning process. to end. Definitely, definitely. It's just that I feel like quantity surveying isn't something that um, people think it's necessary for smaller projects. Yeah. They feel mm. like I'm not building a mall. So why yeah. do I need to manage my yeah. 300 million? I'm just doing yeah. something there, yeah, 200,000. So it's a, it's yeah. a, I can do this. Meanwhile, they forget that a, a quantity survey can even get you proper rates, cheaper rates, because we have wow. skills. I mean, I sit down with contractors every day and be like, bro, bring down your, your rate. <laughs> this is oh, the wow. related rate. So you can't cheat my client because I mean, you're saying something is 700. Meanwhile, this thing is 200 bucks. Uh-uh, yeah. lower down your rate. So I come in with that, um, knowledge and, and and that specificity to say i know how this thing is supposed to work but yeah. also is where um quantity yeah. surveyors are also involved um in the beginning of the project there's what we call um a feasibility document this is basically yes, yes. and now we have to see how feasible what you are trying to build is is this mm. thing going to make you money and after how long are you going to break even yeah. So after giving wow. you this, do you still want to go ahead with the project? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So if we say this no, is so and we're like, you know what? Okay, let's see what can actually make you money tomorrow. Wow. Yes. You guys really are like property accountants, hey? We you really are. are. <laughs> this is really, this is really incredible. You know, yeah. this is the first time that I really get how deep quantity surveying is, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and I've shared that my dad, you, uh, he was, he does, Q, he did QS and land surveying. Really? You know, so I, before he did pharmacy, now he's just like a full-time pharmacist. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I always forget all these things. But like once in a while, the guy will shock me and say, look at this, look at, like the other day something happened with his geezer at his home and then he started complaining about the structure and I just said to him, what do you know about structures? He's like, hey, he really knows. <laughs> he really, really knows. <laughs> like I literally walk into people's houses and, and it, it's very distracting but it's also something that you come with because now you are in this field. You're able to see where the contractor actually cut corners. You're like, ah, oh, yeah. they shouldn't have done that. Ah, oh, they shouldn't have, you know? It's just like yeah. one of those things where when, even when you see tiles being put in patterns, like in diamond nyana shapes, <laughs> you're like, ah, oh, this building is not straight. You already know that somebody messed up some way. So it's very... <laughs> The important thing that I think that you mentioned right here is about negotiating. So I wanted to ask, you mentioned something about having a lecturer that was a mediator and then negotiating. Is this something that you guys are taught at school as you're studying to be a quantity surveyor? Or is it something that you learn on the job or just both? Okay, it is both and maybe not because you're getting taught in, in, um, in school but it's not very extensive. It doesn't oh, have, they only tell you, okay, this is what you can do when you are a mediator. 
But then there's also a board for um, South Africa's mediators and um, arbitrators. That oh, is wow. Wow. Yes. So you have to go through their intrinsic um, and extreme courses that you have to take and tests that you have to write in order for you to qualify as a mediator. Mm. But mediation, proper mediation comes with experience. You've been involved in a whole lot of projects. You've seen how projects can go. You've seen how wrong they can go and uh, how well they can go. So you are okay. now in a position where you can actually mediate. So a lot okay. of mediators are very, very old people who have been oh. in the industry for a very long time because they know they now have the nuggets of what they can say to the contractor in order to calm this man down, <laughs> to say, listen, this is where we can agree go on. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, cool, that's fine. But when you're younger like me and then you tell the contract oh. years old to say, okay, I'm not going to pay you 13 million. I'm going to settle on five. They're just like, what do you know? You know how yeah. our industry yeah. is? I can imagine. Woman, and also when you're a black woman, young, mm. it's one of those things where we oh my God. looked down on even in this sure. yeah yeah it's very so many, yeah it sounds like yeah so. we, we, we we are far we are still far we are still far the battles are many i mean yeah. the battles are many yeah, yeah. when people ask in the meeting like where's the quantity surveyor and i raise my hand i'm like i'm the quantity surveyor you can see people's faces change like oh, <laughs> what's going on Oh my God! Sure. Yeah, no, oh my goodness, yeah. it is, it sure. is, it, it is still a, a, a male-dominated. Like I'm saying, still you a are the male-dominated industry, and yeah. white male is that. Yeah, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. I understand that. But Malipedi, hopefully, I am not seen. So I'm, I'm just your normal property investor. I'm yes. a mother. And I'm sitting at my township, and I'm like, so how much do you get paid? Is your is your rate um, regulated somewhere? Can how will I know that you now, my very QS, my very accountant is not ripping me off? Is there a rate that I I could use to say to, to measure whether I'm paid fairly? That is a very, a very good question. So as quantity mm -hmm. surveyors, we have a council. Our council is called South African Council for Quantity Surveying Professions. Oh. That council regulates how quantity surveyors are supposed to behave in the industry. Mm. Okay. Like a bad thing. You can literally get disbarred if they think you are unethical. <laughs> okay. 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 So in that council, um, this is where, when I started, I told you about being a professional quantity surveyor and sure. being a candidate quantity surveyor. So when you are a candidate quantity surveyor, you register with the council. They are the ones who give you that, that title. When you are a professional quantity surveyor, you have gone through training, enough training. You have gone through what we call the APCs. There's literally an interview that you sit in for an hour and they grill you. And when they feel okay. like the standards to call yourself a professional quantity surveyor, they issue you with the title and a certificate. Oh, okay. wow. Oh. 
So I must ask for a certificate. Uh, if they don't, oh, yes. So you must ask for a professional number. Like, give me your PR oh. number. Then you can go onto the website, the SACQPS. You can actually type in somebody's number there, and then their name will pop up. Okay. Mm. And okay. what do you have to what do you have to do to go from candidate to professional quantity surveyor? Uh -huh. And can I hire a candidate quantity surveyor as just myself? Oh, this is a professional uh, quantity another. surveyor. <laughs> That's another. Thing. So now what happens is you go to school, you do your quantity surveying degree, you get into the work uh, um, environment, then you register with the with the council. Now you are a can, a candidate quantity surveyor. Then they would ask for. 5,000, I think it's 5,600 or 5,700 hours that you have put in mm. as part of your experience. Mm. So that literally mm. takes five or four years to actually yeah. acquire those hours. Yeah. So yeah. in the meantime, they ask you to submit the reports, you fill in your diary, you have a mentor, you attend seminars, you do a whole lot of things, you are, you have a lot of you must have a lot of projects in the company that you work for because then when you have a, a lot of projects you are able to acquire a whole lot of um experience from this project from that project and from the sure. other project then sure. after you have acquired the 5000 hours then you submit what we would call a final report so that's oh. where now indicate um the steps that you have taken to work on this project and the solutions that you provided on this one project that you were basically the pro your project specific, basically. So mm -hmm. the team or the board at the council now sits and they go through rigorously through your report and then sure. they're like, okay, this is rubbish or okay, come for an interview. Yeah. Sure. Then they That's... set your interview and then you go to an interview. You have to prepare. Absolutely have to prepare because you can fail that interview and it's very demoralizing. <laughs> so I'm going to take my interview in October. Finally. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you get in there, they grill you. It's like very, very seasoned quantity surveyors. They ask you a whole lot of scenarios. They ask you about the project specific that you have submitted and other sure. things that could have happened in the project. How could you have handled this? How do you yeah. handle clients? How do you handle the, the team that you work with? Because at all times, you have to be um, really, really professional. I mean, there's so many times I want to roll my eyes, but I'm just like, okay, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> be a professional, entertain yes. person. And especially when, when you're talking to a client. I mean, clients come out yeah. with those ridiculous things. With I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. You do not I know. I can just imagine. I, I told you yeah. when when I met Malipedi, uh, when I used the example that we we, we normally use, I'm just like, how Malipedi? Really? I'm here in Soweto. I want to. My mother built these two rooms. I want to build two more. How much is it? And you're like, no, <laughs> you can't ask me that way. It was so funny. It doesn't, when stop, there. <laughs> it doesn't stop there. And now after you register with the council as a professional, right. team, that's when you are even allowed to start your own company. Practice. Okay. Your own practice. 
you can now start practicing as a professional quantity oh. surveyor and you have mm. now amassed what they would call a, a, a reasonable amount of experience. Experience. So they hold you accountable. So basically, if Dr. Miranda now complains about mm. the who was not ethical in whatever they were doing, the services they were providing for you, you can complain to the council. Somebody holds us responsible and accountable. So you complain to the council when they find me guilty of whatever it is I have done, they strip away that professional quantity surveyor from me. So you're right. basically nothing. <laughs> oh my, this is, Business. wow, Business. I it's actually didn't realize. Mm, it sounds <laughs> like an It is. So Malibedi, on this podcast, people learn by, educa- by education and inspiration. Yeah. Um, being a candidate uh, QS, have you got a story to share with us? Um, a story like the the West QS project you have been on or had to be involved in, or the best one? Choose one, whichever one you want. I think all projects they have their ups and downs. <laughs> but I've been involved in one that actually really, really. I was really, really upset, but we, as a company, we were not um, involved as the quantity surveyors. We were also, because okay. I have a background of project management as well. I okay, mean, cool. If you buy a quantity surveyor, you're automatically a project manager. Yes, because yes. Because you mm-hmm. know all the sides, you know the contract, you can hold everybody accountable. So, so we were appointed on this one project where they were trying to refurbish and add new classrooms for a nursing for school. school. I won't mention which one is Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. No, yes. don't. <laughs> <laughs> so the project was around 260 million and what? it started yeah it was a big project it started way back in like 2015 or 2016 right so oh. the team kept on being changed up and down up and down until the site was just abandoned and just sitting there but remember oh now, you're trying to help our people get their nursing certificates, their nursing degrees, right? Yes. But they can't do that because they don't have a facility. <laughs> and oh, one, no. One of the reasons why they had to upgrade their existing facility was because the educational body that actually recognizes nursing schools was saying their facility does not... Um, does not conform to the yeah. standard. So sure. the government had to get involved and help this nursing school to get to where now it actually conforms. Mm. So enter us oh. as the surveyors. We discover a whole lot of worms. I mean, you you solve one thing where the contractor was owed um, millions and millions of of rents because of what we call extension of time. So he Whoa. was there since 2015, but I mean, now we got into the project in 2018. That now says he has been on site more than he should have been. Yeah. yeah. So that says, now you as a client must pay this person. This is your fault now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now the client does not want to pay this person. So that's where we started negotiating. To the point where we settled on, okay, the extension of time that we're going to give you cannot be 260,000, right? 260,000, no, 260 million, because he was, yeah. I mean, it cannot be the same price as, 
as the building. No, that doesn't make sense. My gosh, what? It doesn't make sense. But as a layman, you would think, okay, he has reasoned, he has given me all of these reasons. So this is acceptable. No, it's not. Mm. We go back to what we call adjudication. You adjudicate that extension of time claim. You come up with the price. You say, listen, we are actually at 8 million. So he agreed to the 8 million. He took the 8 million. We're like, okay, cool. With this 8 million, please start the project over. Let's see something that is happening on site. Build, do something, bring your people on site. That was not, after two weeks we go, I mean, meetings are usually after two weeks, depending on the uh, years of the project. After two weeks, we get there, Dr. Miranda, this guy's pro, uh, progress on site was 49%. The last time we were there, the progress was 48.5. So um, within no. exactly, within two weeks, after I had given you 8 million, you have done 0.5. Yo. Work. Yeah, I got really upset. I went back to the office and I was like, okay, notification to terminate you. I really don't care. I'm going noti- to um, notify you that I'm intending um, to actually terminate you. And yeah. if I have to go back to tender stage to get another contractor, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. now there's a red tape that you encounter with this government project. Because somebody's like, no, we can't terminate. And then it sits there for a long time. Then there's no termination to the point where the, the school that I'm talking about ended up being removed from the educational board thing as being, um, it stopped being recognized as a nascent school. Yeah. Oh my so goodness. Exactly. So you get a degree from there. I mean, we don't know. You are not a nurse. Sure. But you so came this, from some institute. This is exactly. this is heartbreaking. It is this heartbreaking. Was so sad, I was like, honestly, I think about it even today. I'm like, imagine somebody who has put in the time, like a youngster out there, putting the time, putting the work. Now they have to graduate, but your certificate weighs nothing. You you are not an heir because this board does not recognize your certificate. Your school is removed. So I'm like, sometimes projects that go bad can actually really, really go bad. Yeah. And it affects someone's to- life. And someone who goes yeah. to nursing school, remember how nursing schools were. Nursing school was yeah. where people, our people went to because exactly. it didn't require the amount of fees like a university. That is and quickly, yeah, and quickly you are going to be yeah. in practice and start early yep. and, and, and taking your family out of poverty. That's exactly. heartbreaking. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. And That's- even nursing schools, how they are located, they're located oh. in where we are easily yeah. located. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, we are sure. our people by running projects badly. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I yeah, am but- so sad. And so they didn't have a QS from the beginning on this project. They did have a QS from the beginning of the project, but the QS did not do a good job. Okay. It was horrible. Yeah. It can go wrong, hey? And this is so. This is my next question, Malipedi. You're you're telling us about the importance of a QS. Now yeah. we've heard this true horror story. How mm-hmm. do we know that our QS is doing a good job? 
Because like we are relying on the experts. <laughs> on, on exactly. Um, my thing is when you when you start seeing your quantity surveyor being very, very friendly or overly friendly with the contractor, yeah, something mm -hmm. is not adding up there. Yo. When you see him taking the side of the contractor all the time when you're in a meeting, something is not adding up there. Okay. And also, my thing is, it's not that difficult to see that this is unethical. I mean, he gave yeah. you a bills of contract, let's, a bills of quantity, quantities that, let's say, maybe your project is going to cost two million. So we take it out to tender, but each and every tender that comes back is actually higher than the two million. Yeah. This person did yeah. not do their due diligence. Yeah. They gave you a crappy bill. And luckily yeah. for you, you can refuse to pay them to say this is not the right bill. You are allowed yeah, to hold on your payment. Oh, that is good to know, actually. Thank you for and letting us know that. Report them to say they didn't do a good job. It's very easy to report someone with the council. Very the council. easy. Okay. And I think they really love it when people, when the public complain about us, they love it. They do. <laughs> they love it. The following day, they are by your door. So here's a story that, that fascinates me all the time when oh. I'm in Cape Town. There's a bridge, there's a bridge that ends just in the air like that. I, 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 <laughs> for me, it is a fascination of, of infrastructure that had QS, an architect, a civil engineer, like how does that even happen where a bridge, a whole bridge was built? But, yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. And then just not completed. It, was just it can't be completed because it was what going bridge is this? You've never noticed the bridge when you are, the, the Khrutiski is on your, is, is yes, just on the freeway. In the yeah, and there's a bridge that ends in the air. Apparently, all engineering students are taken through that to that bridge to say this is how civil engineering and and that multidisciplinary team can go wrong. This is fascinating, Malibedi. You are you 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 are such a blessing. So you are. Yeah, what, what I'm hearing is you are saying my mother in Soweto, some auntie sitting in Soshanguve or myself and Vanille deciding that we are going to take on a whole big commercial building of a hundred um, townhouses. All of us need a QS. You definitely need a QS. You need somebody okay. who is going to be um, very impartial to understand sure. the cost. You need to understand the cost. You need to understand why you're paying the contractor, mm. what you are paying the contractor. And why you should be paying the mm. other that is claiming in that man. Mm. Exactly. Mm. So basically what a QS would do, um, when once the contractor is on site, I would go and do my monthly valuation. So we pay for work done. So I get there, I do my valuation, and I go back and I say, listen, you have built this side of the brick wall, so, so this is the amount of money that you're getting. Yo, oh, wow, this is so powerful. So you find our mothers out there, this man has built you um, like just a 
one one wall on the one side and now they give you their claim because they they are supposed to give you their claim they give you their claim and their claim is 500,000 but you're like what did you do then he's like no the foundation and the floor and this but no (laughs) no so I'm able to say no sir this is not the work that you have done so the yes. work that you done is this month is actually two hundred and fifty thousand rand. So this month we are going to certify a payment certificate of two hundred and fifty thousand rand. My client will pay you. This you, yeah. you, 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 you. This is some um, powerful stuff. Like I, I, I can't get over the fact that you negotiate for your clients. Sorry, no, I just had to say I that again. I have. <laughs> I have to negotiate. So I get a tender and I'm like, okay, this is the guy that we may want to go with. We have vetted him. We have seen the work that he has done before and he is beneath our, or below our estimates. But still, I'm still going to sit there with him and be like, okay, bro, I think more you can just decrease this rate. It's not market related. This is way too high. This is like, well, there are low ones. So where you can actually ask, um, I have another project actually where, the, the the project um the department de- decided to go with the lowest tender even oh, I our advice we were like this person with what they have quoted they cannot do this job it's impossible for them to do this job for seven million when we are on um 14 million rent estimate it's impossible but they still appointed that yeah. person. Even today, as we speak, I was like, that school is not done. And it was a project that 2012 or something. I was still living in Yo, school. But you know how it is. Like, people exactly. want to, high, we want to get the cheapest. And cheap <laughs> things are not always <laughs> the best things, you know? No, no. They're really but, not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, Let's go back to the contract now. So with the yeah. contract, now, um, Oswangi and um, Dr. Miranda have now built their townhouses. Great. Right. Remember, right. you had that contract. And in that contract, there's what we call latent defects. So the contractor, yes. uh-huh, the contractor is bound by that contract to come back and fix his mess. So after three months, if things are happening, they're on site. And also, here's another important thing. There's what we call final account. I'm not yes. giving you this final money and the retention before three months have lapsed, 90 days, according to the contract. So our mothers, when this gentleman says, you know what, I'm done, they give him all the money. So do you yes. think when my door gets broken, this man is going to come and fix my door? No, no. no. So now you have a structure that is dilapidating within six months. Your building yeah. is falling within a year. Yeah. Exactly. And then we yeah. have that defect period of three um, of three months. Then you can release the retention and the final amount that he's supposed to get. I and see. then from that time, now we're starting a longer one of five years. So this is now pertaining to the structure. If yeah. they after three oh. years, my foundation starts cracking. Uh-uh. We must call someone to account yes. for this. Exactly. But do you think our mothers would be able to call someone when they don't have a contract like that? 
Miley baby, go. at home, I have seen people go build and then you go get another contractor to uh-huh. come to finish his job after like a few months and then the roof is leaking. Then you go and you get another one because the second one didn't do the right thing just like the first one. I've seen this go on like for a few months after the building has been done. Meanwhile, you could be bringing the initial contractor to do this for free. Here's the thing that as I'm listening to you, the other thing that's coming to mind is that you know how it is, uh, it's that I know the contractor personally because he Ooh. built for my neighbor and he builds for my sister and he's built for me before he's put in some cracks. So now there's this feeling of you, if I have to bring in a QS, it will look like I don't trust this don't person. Trust person. Right? Is- so now you're, you're breaking down relationships. How do you maneuver that, especially within our communities where the relationships are huge? I feel like relationships are important. I mean, there's yeah. nothing, we can't run away from that. But once we get into what we call business, then it yeah. must exactly be that business because money yeah. in is going to destroy our relationship if we are not yeah. doing it well. So True. I would say rather get a quantity surveyor, rather get mm. a contract with that contractor, they must actually yeah. go through it and make sure that they understand it. There's also what we call a bespoke contract. So a bespoke is just us um, getting crosses here, getting crosses there, maybe changing this, but changing that, but still making sure that we're still within the law. Yeah. If they say they are not comfortable with yeah. the city cross, you can change some crosses to suit this person or to suit the other. But the, pro- the, the gist of it is that you still need to have a contract. Before the site handover, this gentleman or this woman contractor, they must actually sit down with you and say, I have read, um, I have an appointment letter, which is important. I have a contract. So I am going to sign this contract and initial each and every page to show that I have actually understood each and every clause in each and every page. The client also does the same. They sign and initial each and every page. We put it with, we don't keep it with another person. We keep it with the quantity surveyor. Oh, okay. Who who manages the contract? Yeah. Yes. Now you have no contract. We have no record of the contract. Because he knew that something was coming. Ah, hijacked me. Oh, my back is gone with the contract. Why was the contract in your bag? I keep it safe so that should anything start happening. I mean, we negotiate or mediate even before, like when you can start seeing that okay, something is about to do here. You start turning the contract a little bit. Um, according to this clause, you're not supposed to be doing one, two, three, four, five. And according to that, and I mean, they know, but most contractors know the GVCC. They do. They just know that the clients don't. Oh, oh I see. This is, I this is very, very good. Every contractor knows. Ah, guys, this is gold. Eh, guys. <laughs> this is gold. And I'm very really annoyed. 
<laughs> I'm very annoyed that you keep saying our mothers, our mothers. I built a house, Malibed. By the end of it, I ended up in a construction book. I bought two books. Two. Because the freaking contractor kept redoing the stairs. Three times these stairs were made. Oh. And they are still skewed. You can't have your full so, foot on the stairs in this house. I paid for those stairs three times because you didn't know how much to pay. So he has still included that amount of money in the bills but, that you had to pay. But here's my irritation. Yeah. At the <laughs> bank, the bank says, Baba Patala at foundation phase, and then they pay them at window level, and then they pay when it's first floor, and then window level again, and then roof yeah. and whatever. There was a building inspector from the banks that comes, and I am in my head. I am I am guessing that it is a QF mm-hmm. or somebody like that who yeah, understands yes. the money ran mm-hmm. out before the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From the same, yes, the money ran out before the building was complete. So Mina, I had to be topping up because they signed Oh you. my gosh, you didn't have your own personal QS, Mizo. It's yeah. like a QS, it's going to go. It's like a... <laughs> That's absolutely true. <laughs> I mean, it's true, Mizo. I'm also learning all these things right that on this absolutely. podcast. So, but this is why we do this podcast, Malipedi yeah. You know, for me, this is so important because when you say quantity surveyor, architect, a structural engineer and the, and and then plumber and then electricity. So mm-hmm. in our head, I think we start teasing out where can I get away without paying a person, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, yes. oh, is that you? And this is too much English. What, what is yeah. what is she there for? This is too much English. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's these ones with their fancy titles. They do nothing. They just have a fancy title. We say such things. And then they charge us money and then they go. Uh Ah-ah. Yeah. I'm paying this amount of money. That's it. Exactly. But I, I really, really love the fact that also there is a way of making quantity surveying to be understood and the minute you understand the, the mm. importance of it it's like okay so why would i skip that step because my goodness exactly. not a contractor to me i told our last guest in episode 113 Brini, that a uh, contract and taxi drivers have always been like same 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 mother mm. I, I can't deal and i am really the story is very healing to know mm. that you are protected in many many instances mm. i don't know about mm. you then but this is this has been a qs class uh, i'm sure you took four years plus to do this at now we got it in an hour you have absolutely educated <laughs> us i think you know what I love about this show is even yes. when we've had an expert come on before, yeah. everyone comes with a different flavor. That's there are what things I'm saying. that we haven't asked because this is why yeah. you guys go to study for four years. There's yeah. no way in one hour we'll be able to ever cover yeah. everything in the industry. Yeah. So this is why we love bringing back the experts because we're aware that you guys went to school for this. 
and there's no way you can tell us everything in one hour. It would take years and years and years. I'm like, oh, I didn't tell them about variation orders. I didn't tell them about, oh my gosh. See, See, we'll have to have you back. There's no other way. So yeah, thank you so much. With that being said, let's move on to the next segment of the show. Okay. (laughs) On to the next segment of our show magical feedback from our hosts where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode welcome to magical feedback guys so as usual misa is going to start us off as i gather my thoughts <laughs> i knew you would do that it has been so so much i i, I really enjoyed this podcast and it's it's just got a flavor to it because Malibedi is Malibedi, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I thought, let's just, let's just concentrate a little bit on some terminology um, that is used in the construction development, quantity surveying um, environment now that we are property investors and we want to we want to be familiar with terms, right? I keep saying we need to unpack property investing in, mm. in Zulu and Zwana, right? Yes. And, and let's learn some terms so that we know them and we know that they exist so that when they are brought up, we don't, we don't feel like we are in, I don't know, in someone is speaking to us in German. So... So I, 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 I went and marked off some, some terms that she, she went through. She spoke about when you, when you develop a property or a big construction site, and then there's something called latent defects, what we call you and I snake list, right? Latent defects, yeah. something that you discover long after the construction site has been shut mm-hmm. down, contractor has left site, but... There are things, you know, little corner that wasn't uh, painted properly, one sliding door doesn't close properly or something like that. And you are able to call back the contractor to come and help you with that. And it is part of the contract. Imagine when you don't have a contract, you can't call them. They're like, hey, I'm done, I'm done, you know. But on the contract, you can still get them back. The second term that she used is the final account, which is normally retained. The final 10% of the whole value of of your construction can actually be withheld by the bank or by yourself as a property Mm. investor or developer so that um, you are given almost like 90 days for you to settle into the building. When you find things that are not working, the contractor is able to be pulled back. And guess what motivates them? You are still holding their 10% in your bank, right? And they come back and they fix it. And then there is a longer time where there is final account. A building settles in, especially new buildings. So a building settles in and it can be three to five years where a contractor can still be called back onto site. And you can only have that when you have a proper contract in place, when you are building. And exactly, hey? Yeah. yeah. You. And I just thought, man, these terms are important. 
You think you're going to build, yeah, you're building some 10 rooms somewhere, 10 units somewhere. You are in a beginner property developer, you know, in your little Mm. corner. Know these things. Know these things exist. Mm. Do not pay a a boot contractor all your money, please. Hold on to the Mm. 10% so that he can be motivated to come back and help you. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that. Yay. Like <laughs> I love, love that takeaway, right? Yeah. Um, my first takeaway is actually about the JBCC and that you can go get a contract for 1,200 Rand. Yes. So I was just like, wow, I have yeah. never heard of this. So this is my takeaway, right? Because I'm just yeah. like, yeah. guys, these are things that we could have done, right? And yeah. For me, I'm just like 1,000 and why that's a great takeaway for me is that 1,200, I will, I still, as I said, during the, uh, during the interview with Malipedi is that it is not that much money when you are building something, even 200, a 200,000 rand structure is a lot yeah. of money. Some people are building yes. that cash, right? Some people are taking their retirement funds to do that. So let's get the contracts in place. So my takeaway is JBCC. I'm going to be on that website and really, really checking it out and understanding exactly what they do because it's really key. That is such an important thing. Just small like that. 1,200 compared to your 3 million rent building. And Mm. remember, you are borrowing this 3 million rent or it is the last penny that you have because some people build their property portfolio after they have um, pensioned off. So that's Mm. the last ever money you're going to be earning and you don't go and put it in danger by not having a proper contract. So JBCC, the Joint Building Contract, it is monitored by the Joint Building Contract Committee. Guys, yeah. we are we are learned, eh? We are so learned yeah, today. And we love that. Yeah, for picking just that thing out. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Ben. So here's my second takeaway that I really, really think, if nothing else out of this podcast is that you actually have a contractor accountant or a construction accountant Mm -hmm. when you are buying a quantity surveyor. Because normally, normally when you open a shop or when you open Mm -hmm. a medical practice, your accountant will do a feasibility study to say, oh, there will be, if you get 40 patients, then this is how much you will make. This is how much you will pay for your medication and medical supplies. This is how much you will pay the bank for your equipment. And this is how much profit you will make. But if you increase your hours and they are more fit at the door, blah, blah, blah. So you've got a quantity surveyor. You've got an accountant. You've got someone who does feasibility on your building to say it's possible, it's not possible. Because we all have these ambitious plans. Vangile will just decide on this piece of land, I want to build 30 units. And if I it's not possible. You want to build Mm. a triple story building. 
And she's like, yep. mm, it's not going to be possible. It won't carry. Yes. That structure won't go. And when the contractor is speaking nonsense in your ear and says, this is not possible, you've got mm. an advocate, someone who advocates for your rights on your building site. So, you know, yeah. a quantity surveyor is so key and central to your building. Yeah. Very, very key and central to your building. I think yeah. so. My other, um, my second takeaway is I think very closely tied to that, which I think I've already mentioned before. But sure. when you get a quantity surveyor, you also get someone who negotiates for you. So why this yeah. is a huge takeaway for me is I'm the kind of person that loves to have other people do things for me. Right? Yeah. I love delegating. And what I'm realizing is that when you are new to a construction project or whatever, a quantity surveyor can take is can take over all that delegation for you. They can take they can even negotiate lower for you. And beyond that, they also know how to read contracts. This is just a bonus. So you don't have to do it all alone. And I've shared here before that yeah. one of my biggest struggles is really the contracts and admin stuff, right? That's the things that trip me up with real estate. So my takeaway is I will always have a QS on my team. That for yeah. me, I realize it's going to be key for just about key. everything, you know, yeah. because I'm like, why wouldn't you? Because this person knows the pricing of things. They read the contracts. They know how to get contracts enforced. So they definitely my key person that I want to always know and have on speed dial on the phone. So that is my takeaway. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. I really, really love that. You, you remember when I keep saying, please pick your candy right? Mm. Know the things that you know, know the things yeah. that you don't know. And development is an advanced strategy. I tell all yep. my teams that I don't even begin to talk to you about development. I'll tell you it's a strategy, but I don't even begin because there are just so many layers to it. I love that. Yep. My, yep. my third and not because it's the last, <laughs> my third <laughs> takeaway here is, is a personal takeaway. Malipedi just spoke to my heart when she said, what is obsessed with growth? She's obsessed. And for me, one of the biggest things is Oh, that Miso, please start it from scratch. I missed that. Number one, you must pay for your growth. Number two, my number three is you're always going to have to be growing. Mm. Is it? Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I caught number oh, two. Wow. What was number one, by the way? We, uh, I think your internet just faded out from number one. But if you can just tell us what number one is, because we caught, I caught number two and number three. Oh, okay. So number one is. Um, growth is going to happen to you, whether you want it or you don't, right? You had mm. better be ready for it and pay for growth. I am just as obsessed about growth. And I like it when someone says, I'm obsessed about growth of myself, of others, and of our communities, because this podcast is exactly mm. about that. And mm. our property stock fell, I think, wasn't based on anything else, but 
you know, our growth is happening in the podcast. Let's take some people along with us. So really, really love that. Really love that. Oh man, that is incredible, right? And for for me, my final takeaway was when she said that it's usually our people, the structures that they build that are the ones that are unfinished, you know? (laughs) the ones that have all these complications. So I don't, I mean, it's not, it's just more of a takeaway that I'm bearing in mind, just like you, that this is why we started the podcast. But I think also let us be aware of who we hire, our quantity surveyors, like what she said about your construct, your construction company, the construct, the contractor and the um, quantity surveyor, if they too close and they always in agreement, yes. all sorts of things, be very, very aware of that. Because she told us of the project where someone, where there was a quantity surveyor on site, but nothing got done. And just yeah. realizing that sometimes our projects don't affect just us, right? So when yeah. a project fails, it affects so many people. Like all these yeah. nursing students that now no longer have accreditation, right? Because yeah. of something so that could have been resolved. So please, yeah. please, can we just hire the yeah. right people for one and also just hire qualified people? And can we also... All of us, when we're working on projects and we're all busy in real estate, be aware that everything is, it's bigger than us. Some projects are bigger than us, right? So that is my takeaway because I just can't get that out of my mind, right? I'm like, my mom's a nurse, my cousin is a nurse. So I'm just like, nursing has really helped a lot of families. And for these kids, they probably now have to go get money elsewhere to go to another school. And this was something that could have been really, really avoided, avoided, actually. Yeah, yeah. And we just don't see the impact we have on other people um, over little things that we do or big things that we don't take care of. And yeah, Mm. it is the quantity surveyor story. So... Guys, this was this this was such a juicy one. I I really it like was. how how Malibedi, how passionate she is about her profession, and how passionate yep. she is about what we why we need a quantity survey. Honestly, it is just that English <laughs> that you sit there and you think. I've built a house before and I'm only knowing about a quantity surveyor in retrospect. Mm. Oh my goodness, that's hard, right? Yeah, it is. Hey. I mean, this podcast, we are constantly learning. So we're also super grateful to the guests. We're super grateful for all the learner, uh, to all the listeners that are listening in and continue to keep us inspired. So we keep going. Yeah. So we really deeply appreciate this. So without further ado, let's move on to the next segment of the show. Now on to the journey to magical expansion where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest. Guys, welcome to the uh, to Magical Expansion. I'm going to have Mizo kick us off as usual. Absolutely. These are the same five personal questions that we ask every guest to help us understand you as a person. Malipedi, please tell us what single book 
changed your life. It can be a business book, it can be a QS book, or it can be a, a fable, a body, whatever, a book. This is how our guests know what book to go to, to get inspired. Because I'm literally a money brain <laughs> and a money brain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do business, which is money. Yeah. I have an MBA now, which is money. So okay. I'm literally that person. Um, I'd say the two books that have really, really helped me was one, The Richest Men in Babylon. I read that book mm-hmm. and I made a Bible. I'm like, oh, where has it been all my life? And yes. then the second book is definitely Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because yeah. I feel like um, once you start reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I mean, you, you're set. <laughs> you're set. <laughs> Cash flow wise, property wise, you are like literally, yeah. uh, now. You, can, you can start a podcast. <laughs> so uh what keeps you inspired i think for me what keeps me inspired is to see growth i really am obsessed with personal development i'm obsessed with growth whenever i'm also obsessed with success it doesn't matter how little or or, or big it is i love celebrating people i love celebrating change growth development so I'm always in a space where I need, yes, I need development. I need growth. I need a a next level. I always, I'm always looking for that. And it makes me so happy when I also see other people um, going on to the next level, next phase of life. So I really, really am inspired by success. And I celebrate people. Ah, I'm that person. (laughs) I am Today, um, her lobola got paid, so mm-hmm. she got to the office and we had like balloons and food and like wine and stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm like, we need to celebrate her. Uh, totally, <laughs> totally. Oh, that's beautiful. Totally, totally, and and, and yeah, a level. I'm always like, let's go in, let's encourage yeah. this person. Yes. Mm, mm. So, 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 Mary what do you wish you had known before embarking on your on your journey as as a quantity surveyor? Are there things that you think mm, could have changed that? Could have done that? For me, <laughs> going to site, I really don't like going to site. You don't. Right. It's one thing that I have to do each almost like every week. I think in a week I go to site three times. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely don't like it, but I have to go because I have to protect the, the needs of my clients. Of your clients. Yeah. yeah. My one thing is when you get to site, you find all of these laborers, they whistle at you, give all my Give me your number. I'm just like, no. Install it. Even if you're a QS. I promise you, that's they love it. Like, you get to side, they're like, oh, someone QS a key. Oh my gosh. You get to side. It's just like, I really just want to come here and do my job and go. They want to yeah, they want to no. show their papa with yeah. you, Captain. Oh, 
True, it's a lot. I mean, other sites are very dangerous. I'm not going to lie to you. They are very dangerous. They have dangerous people. And you being a woman, you're always constantly looking over your back. Like you go into a bathroom and you want to do your valuation. It's dark. I mean, it's construction site. Construction site. Exactly. Anybody can do anything to you. And we've had so many cases of women being raped on site. Like it's just something that I, I promise you. I promise you, there's a whole reason. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Whether you are a, a woman laborer, you work there with this man all the time, or you're a quantity surveyor, an engineer, anybody, anybody is exposed oh. to such. So oh. I really, oh, I, man. I should have known before that site was going to be my thing. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I am so I, sad to hear this, but yeah, it is actually a, basically being a woman in the industry because it is really, sport. really dangerous. It is an extreme spot. It is an extreme so, Okay, sport. I understand <laughs> why you wouldn't like that. And even just we don't like, I mean, people women have been talking about this, just the whole thing of wolf whistling. It's a thing, yeah. it like instantly makes us go on edge. We like get, we become hypervigilant, overly protective because once you answer back, sometimes it leads to violence, all sorts of things, you know? It is so crazy. Cause I remember there was a time when my sister would walk in Joburg, she would walk around with a baseball bat. Cause she was like, I'm done. You know, like, I can't do it anymore, you know. And so I was just like, are you serious right now? Because like, yeah, this is where it's gotten to. But I think that men don't understand why women get so no. angry all over the world about no. the wolf whistling. Because nobody's wolf whistling at them when they're going on site. When it's a male period, he's just going on site. It's just business as usual. It's, it's a usual thing. I would be literally walking with my boss who is an, a white old male. I would be yeah. walking with him. Nobody says anything. Let him lose sight. Let him vanish. All of a sudden, I'm from the same people we're with. <laughs> it's not like this is a new group now. No, no, no. It's the same people. They will even tell me, today you were late because you come at this time. Where were you? I'm like, bro. <sighs> Oh, it's quite no. Yeah. No, guys, patriarchy is, it, it's a disease. It's okay. a virus, seriously. So what else do you still need to learn in QS, um, Malipedi? Yeah, for me, I feel like uh, mediation because I am, mm. mediation and arbitration, I am tired of projects that just sit there without anyone mediating them without anyone arbitrating because they have dire effects on our people. And I always see them as being those projects of our people. It's only a man in mall somewhere standing and no one doing anything. No, they don't, eh? Yeah. Like, for example, Mall of Africa, my lecturer actually who taught me feasibility was actually up there. So we were doing Mall of Africa in our class. So he, yeah. she was showing, I mean, it was built, done, out. That's yeah. it. And the developer is getting more money than you see. But then we have our malls that are in our communities 
They spend time being built. They just sit there. So I'm always like, no, man, this person is losing money. So I need to be in a position where I can mediate and arbitrate to say, listen, how we go about this. These are the solutions for them. So I feel like that is the growth for me. We good. Sure. We we are protected. You know we are led. Yeah. We do much. We, we, we are led. Manifesting. <laughs> 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 so, what resource would you like to share with 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 our listeners? It can be one book, one podcast, one YouTube. Is there anything that you want to share with our listeners that you? It's oh. your favorite go to or something like that. I think ever since I met Dr. Miranda and she told me about your podcast, I feel like people must just listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Please, whatever you do at your earliest convenience, please tune in. I'm not lying to you. You told me to listen to um, two podcasts. I listen to more than two because now I play them in my car. I'm out. I'm in. Oh. I'm <laughs> Yo. Like, what are we doing? What are we listening to? Why are they talking about mm. building? Like, just listen. <laughs> just listen. Yeah. Just so listen. I think yeah. like such a very important platform. Thank I am grateful in terms of property and how you can get into property and like it just gives you the tools, the knowledge, yeah. the yes. navigation. Exactly, it's like the GPS, basically. So I yeah, it really is. is. Uh, so one, another YouTube that I watch for me is um, Nicolette Machine's YouTube in terms sure. of financial, being um, a financial literate person. Sure. So I, She's I, been I, on I, this podcast as well. Yes. Yeah, she has. Yeah. I love, love, love Nicolette. She's always shading on me like, ah, well, I'm going to so true. Yeah. <laughs> but she's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really, really phenomenal. So it has broken down financial terms and all of these things that our people wouldn't necessarily know into mm. small bits and pieces. So that is very important. Yeah. yeah, because I always hear Dr. Miranda say, "Let's put it in plain English. Let's put it in our language." Yeah, yeah. hey, but you guys, actually, I'm going to so to say, I'm going to so to. I'm going to say, I'm going to it's already interesting, actually. It's not all. It's not all. Exactly. Doctor Miranda, Versus how contractor eta eric hey mbatale three hundred thousand gains mo sebetsu okay but that's how it is that's how it is because mm. that means you know we we have yeah. lots to do okay yeah so uh Malibiri, why did you agree to say yes to the podcast what yes. was your intention and how can people get hold of you and actually at the time did not know what the podcast was about but I was like whatever I need to do to make people develop I'm in (laughs) I'm like sign me up ma'am it doesn't matter Dr. Miranda is like yeah it's at five I'm like listen it's fine it could be at 2 a.m I will wake up and I will be (laughs) to make sure that whatever little knowledge I have also gets so for me that was the drive to say yes, to say, listen. Um, and also, I didn't think Dr. Miranda would just um, 
invite me to some silly thing. Like, mm. <laughs> no, we met at the We were also like at witnesses to book tour. So yeah. this is these are not people who are silly. These are not people who are wanting to waste our time. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't necessarily, yeah. I couldn't say no. I had to say yes because she wouldn't have invited me to something that is ridiculous. Yeah. Yes, uh, yes. But thank you for doing this. It was so funny thank how you. you said yes. It was like you, you didn't ask detail or no. Daniela has a has a and I used to call it a theory until you see it happen. She uh-huh. says <laughs> there is our people, Mizo. Don't even stress there is our people. Okay? When it is <laughs> our people, our people say yes, and then they are like, What is it again? After the yeah. years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what I did. You remember I asked you, I'm like, what is the podcast called again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I have like a working theory that like in life yeah. you have uh, energy frequencies and that people are yeah. like there's people that are track that are at the same frequency as you and most of those people will probably be part of your tribe. And your tribe is never going to make you feel some type of way. They're never yeah. going to make you feel like, oh, you have to work hard to be in the tribe. Mizo knows as soon as someone makes us work hard for anything, even in business negotiations, I go, ah, we did. this is not our person. Let's leave. It doesn't matter how much money is on the table. I'm like, we are going to regret this. This oh. is not our person. That's it. You know? It's just yes, this is how uh, we operate. Miranda, literally, Vangile has just aligned my chakras and my <laughs> But it is like that. Soul and ancestral healing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's that's how it is. You you, yeah. you are straight. You are straight with yeah. your people, and and mm-hmm. you can all you can always evaluate it for yourself as well. That mm-hmm. when you don't want to do something, you go um okay yeah. uh, let me think about it and yet you are just saying mm. no really you're yes. just saying no yeah you know yeah that's a big thing when it's like and mm, if it's a tepid maybe or whatever and i think what happens with most with most of us is that when we see ourselves having to work hard to mm. get people right is mm. that what we do is we think that there's something wrong with us and we need to fix ourselves. Whereas it's like, there's nothing wrong. They also have their people. We have, uh, I also have my people, you know, and there'll just be a connection. There'll be a connection that clicks and you will connect with your people and yeah. your people, you'll just know them, man. I can't explain it. Your people are not the people that are always reaching out to you. It's not about that. It's just, you just know your people and, something just happens where you energetically gravitate and you feel each other out you know that this is my person can't yeah. explain it can't I'm be taught just, i just had like a light bulb moment because i opened it branding and yeah. i'm like yeah. there are clients that i would actually approach and be like hey listen i can offer these services and i can already see that no this is not gonna work out and then there mm. are people who actually approach me to say, yeah. hey, we heard somebody say you did that website or you did this. Can you mm. help us? And I mean, mm. those ones have gone really well with very with these. Yeah. Exactly. So, <laughs> I think just because this is so important and Mizo knows I'm so passionate about this, even in all the work that I teach my clients, 
This is so important to note because you will exhaust yourself. If you are yep. not talking to your people, you will extreme you will get extremely exhausted. You know? Because like <laughs> it will like you will be checked. When you're not dealing with your people, you'll be chasing them. And yeah. everything that you do will be wrong because they're oh not your people. So they won't be able to understand you. You'll always have to explain yourself and over-explain and do things. But Ooh, you're yeah. human. Also, it's like, because I feel like you've just read me. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but Israel, and we know it. Yeah. And, and we, we know, know it, it, but what we do is we sit at our university bed and like, no, mm. but Vangile, the guy is nice. Did you see how tall he is? <laughs> but he's a nice guy. And then we convince each other and then yeah. you stop trusting yourself and you're like, maybe yeah. I should try it. And you know exactly this thing is not working, you know, yeah, it's just not exactly. working. Yeah. And even the contractor, your mother will tell you, you know, he came here and said, I must pay him 50% of the amount of, for building the two room and garage. And they pay him 50%. But you remember when he came, he came thrice and he came with three different cars. But you paid him. Yeah, <laughs> but you paid him anyway. It's that mm. thing, you know? Mm. So I think this is so, so powerful. So they are okay. your people mm. in life. And mm. yeah, I'm so glad that you said yes. So the way that you said yes, it's how a lot of people say yes to yeah. this podcast because yeah. it's that. And then when we know someone is not our person, there's just a lot of things that are coming up and happening. And <laughs> we're just like, okay, it, it's, it, all right. it's not going to happen. We just know it. Then the, that day things are happening, all this, it's like, okay, yeah. we see it. And it's, mm. there's nothing wrong. And what I want people to understand is there's nothing wrong with that. It's the person is not good. It's not, they're not bad. They just, it's just, this is the way That's it so is. Yeah. They also and, have their people. Yeah. Wow. And that podcast will, will happen another year, another time. Yeah. And they will tell you, you know, I've been following you for such a long time. Yeah. I never thought I would land up because the timing was just not right. So exactly. you know, it's such a consolation, actually. We had a yeah. very good tribe of people attending on that day. We ended up yeah. all together. We didn't have lunch. But we, we just stayed on and on and on. It was yeah. great. Oh, wow. Anyway, I love it. Manipe, yeah, you've so, been a blessing uh, to our people. And quantity surveying explained by a Black woman, Gassusutu, just makes so much sense because there are so many property investors listening to you right now. And they're thinking, oh, I can talk to someone. And it's a paid mm. service, but, but, but right? Malipedi has to pay rent. Mm. <laughs> and, and this, is, this has been such a, it's such a blessing Kanmiti, to, to, yeah, to have it explained so you know good luck in your in your becoming a professional QS yes and before you leave please can mm -hmm. we have your contact details so people know how to reach you I actually have a personal website that I did oh. same on the side <laughs> for myself. Oh, okay. awesome please yeah, give sorry. us a Website. Yes. Mm Then I have a YouTube channel which is called Own Your Money with Malipedi. Oh, nice. 
Yes. And then I, I just a, saw you on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> and then I have uh, a Facebook page. You can find me on Malipedi Malatadiana or Own Your Money with Malipedi M. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Oh. Okay, really? that's on Facebook. Yeah. More details is that something that okay? Like, uh, yeah, you can if you want. Okay, so I also on that um, um website there is my email info at malipedm.com because I have to be professional at all times, I cannot like using Gmail with people, (laughs) 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 but I do have a Gmail account. But you can catch me on info at malipedm.com. And Malipedi okay. is, is the, the L-I at the end. M-A-L-E-P-E-L-I. And then M.com. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Fantastic. <laughs> thank you so yes. much, Malipedi. And thank you so much, Property <laughs> Magicians. Thank you so much, Mizo. And guys, just to let you know, you'll be hearing this episode after we've already made our deal for investment from the wealthy ones property stock file the stock this podcast is sponsored by the wealthy ones property stock file so so far today we are sitting on 252,000 rand that we've raised in the last nine ten days number four which is the same which has the same terms as deal number three so that has a 17% per annum return on investment. But like I said, you guys are, were recording this just a day before we close um, a fundraising for that deal. So we will let you guys, you can definitely still join the stock file because we're always busy with incredible uh, real estate deals. So to join the stock file, please go to uh, Google Play, Petal search if you're with Huawei or the iStore and go download the Stockfeller app. And then you can uh, look for the Wealthy Ones property Stockfell on there. If you are not based in Namibia, South Africa, Swaziland and uh, Lesotho, please go to the uh, to wealthy-money.com forward slash Stockfell. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash Stockfell. Stockfell is spelled S-T-O-K-V-E-L and you can see how you join if you are from a different country uh, to the four countries that we've just mentioned. We have people from all over the world uh, literally, we are international as a stock file. So you will not be limited because you're not part of those four countries. So thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. We will see you again next week. Next time. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Malipedi. Thank you for listening, Property Magicians. My name is Vangile Makwakwa, and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money Group 
or on the Wealthy Money page or find me on Twitter and Instagram as Vangile Makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop Doc Doc Mum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magicians podcast and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at miranda@wealthy-money.com again inbox me at miranda@wealthy-money.com if you want me to help you start your property journey.